What is up, everybody, and welcome in to yet another edition of the Return of the Royal Podcast. Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardicelli. We are rocking duos today. Uh, no Brendan Nunez, uh, unfortunately. Uh, thank you for everyone who supported our last episode. It was a blast to make. Obviously, Vegas was a very, very, very fun time. Uh, but we are now officially back in SAC uh, and ready to bring you guys regularly scheduled programming. Uh, Frankie, you know what? Uh, <laughs> we're actually going to start this episode off with because I've, I, I swear I've been thinking about it just about every time we record. The Jeremy Lamb podcast is coming. It's oh coming eventually. Oh, God. I keep forgetting about that too. I keep, honestly, we, we were talking. I was talking to our boss this morning about what we're gonna do over this next. It's the dead, dead, dead part of the off season. So, what better way to start next week? Let's 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 make a commitment right now. Next week, we're gonna talk about your. I mean, you, the way you teased it too. We had to. We have to wait for the Jeremy Lamb like podcast after the way that you teased how special that recording was going to be. So next week, well, I'm I'm I'm. I'm down to do it next week. <laughs> I kind of have been like, it would be even funnier if it's just one of those things that like we never, we never end up actually doing. And it's just kind of, uh, there's a, uh, it's like a, like what, what, what uh, Dr. Dre's album. It was a, Oh, the chronic detox? Yeah. or detox. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, the detox. And uh, <laughs> it's also, yeah, I was thinking, uh, what was my example? It was, I don't know. I can't remember because you just, you just outdid my example because that's exactly what it well, is. Well, it's 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 similar. I mean, they're both like on the same level of anticipation. For sure. Oh yeah, for sure. People have came up to me in the street and been like, "We are dying to hear about that player that is no longer on the Kings roster and probably will not be on an NBA roster again." We need it. We need again? it again. I don't think so. Wow. Oh, you know what I was going to say for the podcast. Um, you ever uh, you watch Sopranos? Correct. I did. Okay, so there's that the episode with the Russian. Yes. So they have the episode with the Russian, and then just like never, nothing ever. They don't ever bring up the Russian again, and like that's it. We don't I talk think about it. Be funny if we just yeah, we just let it fade off into oblivion and I, have I, to be like. I think. What if we just like spot. stop record? I don't know. What if we get into a huge Diaz Zamero? Big fans of Diaz Zamero. What if you and I just get beefing and then like it's the it's the pod that never gets dropped. That's also crazy, by the way. Like that's I don't know. I guess it happens. You know, you never know. It could happen. You maybe, never know. Maybe maybe we get a fight over Gordon over Hayward money? and I would, Frank. Yeah, I would. Gordon Hayward, I would Demarcus love Cousins. If you and I broke up because we have money problems and and the good kind of money problems. The good kind of money problems. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's let's. Uh, <laughs> Let's check that up for a conversation right. to have. I like, pray that we make so much money that it causes issue. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's let's check that it's one. Not a bad thing for, to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? when that's going to be an issue. Uh, but we're we're very we're, doubtful. Work, very we're working doubtful. on it. We're, we're working, working on it. On it. Um, well, let's, little uh, side note. Side note. I'm I'm on a hot spot right now, everybody. So if you if you hear at any point I'm sounding like a, a robot or things are dragging out uh there's like nine comcast trucks on our street that maybe maybe they're digging up the line i don't know how this works uh but we Mm. are we are currently without internet so Mm. um definitely not great yeah this duo might become a solo in the middle might become a solo but um i thought i thought something to bring up also about the past couple of days oh no um no I'm going to be having. <laughs> oh no! No, no uh, I'm going to be having surgery 
yikes tomorrow uh, so when you when you said we're gonna break up we don't know for sure i'm gonna be able to to record while i'm on leave technically because yeah. of company things i'm gonna try to but that'll be funny if next week you just after we joked about it you're like what's up everybody it's chris <laughs> it's on solo me. for the next month in yep. foreseeable future yep we'll see uh we'll see if me and frank can can deal with his issues but uh, yeah, man. No, big ups to your surgery. Surge. I almost said surgeon and surgery. So oh, surgeon. Um, sh- big ups to both of those two people uh, and things. Well, it's uh, it's funny because it's it's wrist surgery. Everybody, for it's not a serious thing. It's just I I have this uh, this wrist issue, and I for anyone that uses a computer but has a bad wrist, it's not great or anything. You need your hands for a lot in life. Uh, but the 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 nurse called me yesterday to kind of go over pre op stuff. And she said, uh, you know, this, the, your surgeon, he works pretty quick. So, like, you might be able to come in early. And I'm, like, thinking – I'm picturing – I'm picturing what you – when you do your job quickly and, like, when you're trying to kind of rip through something. And I'm think I was imagining a surgeon just going quick, trying to finish the surgery as fast mm. as he can. And I'm, like, is that what's going to – This presents like? an interesting question of, yeah, would you would you rather have your surgeon, like – would you rather have a new doctor or like someone who's like, you know, 65 years old on the edge of retirement, been doing doctor work for 40 years? I think this guy is like 60 something. Well, it's just interesting because it's like you either get someone who's fresh out of school, probably knows like the newest information, probably will give just a lot more attention because they're still a little unsure of themselves or Mm -hmm. would you rather have someone who could allegedly do it in their sleep and may who knows like maybe things you know things fall through the cracks probably the not trying to get you nervous about your surgery or anything no (laughs) i mean what's the worst case scenario they snip a tendon and i can't use my hand ever again whatever um it's all good but no i um i i don't know apparently the surgery might be quick but this is great maybe he knows what he's doing but uh i will not be writing for a month i'm gonna be off work for a month but i'm gonna try to keep recording so if chris does come back next week and is by himself we did not break up uh i just probably was told i can't work while i'm on leave but we're gonna push that bill we're gonna push the envelope yeah um speaking of of work chris when you got back from las vegas did you already have it in your mind that Keegan Murray was the MVP? Or did you think that there was more that needed to be proved? Because there was a couple of games after we got back, but what we saw in person was enough for me to kind of chalk it up as he's he's the best player here. I mean, if Paolo would have kept playing, he probably, probably would have been MVP. I mean, Paolo was just too good as well for the competition there. But Keegan was the same on the same level. He destroyed pretty much everyone in his path so when we got back did you need to see those last couple of games or did you kind of just know Keegan Murray is the most valuable player yeah I think to your point I think uh Keegan and and Paolo were kind of in a deadlock at the point that we left um but I knew that there was no way Paolo was going to play out the rest of the games like it was very you know number one pick he had shown well um there was no reason for him to continue playing so I figured if Keegan could put one more good performance together he would probably i i wasn't so sure about mvp just because sometimes you know uh like cam thomas cam thomas is like the king of freaking summer league uh he's averaging 28 points this summer league i think he averaged like 26 or 27 last summer league 
he just puts up points. And I think he's the problem is in the difference between Cam and Keegan is uh, Cam is shooting like 40 percent, 42 percent or something like that from the field while Keegan's putting up 50, 40, 80 splits. Um, so I think to, I think the consistency and the uh, efficiency is what ended up sealing it for Keegan. But I was not 100 percent certain. Um, how did you feel like he, he had pretty much locked it up at that point? I just, I, I figured it'd be tough to beat. I mean, the Kings at that point too, were they were not all the way out of the race for the championship game, which no, again, one side note, stupid how they, I don't like how they did it this year. I don't like how they had it just what one, you one game, like after also, the, very strange that they made it the first game of the day. Like it was it just there was no build up to it. It was What's so the strange. They made it the first game of that day, so the other like you pretty much have your championship game and then the rest of the day is just a bunch of meaningless filler. games. Uh it was just very very strange and obviously you know it's it doesn't build the sort of competition and and you know there's not a level of tuning up like there is when there's, you know, even if it's a play in tournament or whatever, you know, uh, a two game uh, double elimination tournament or something like that. I don't know. It's just, I may, I think a double elimination from jump shouldn't be how they do it. Like if yeah, you lose yeah. two summer league games, you're Go done. home. Go home. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't understand the thought process behind that because like you said, the game was at noon and then there was like five games after that for mm-hmm. no reason. So I don't know what the thought process was behind having them just play four games and then having the fifth game be a, hey, if you're the top two teams, most wins and best point differential, you play in the championship. But if you aren't, you play another random game and then you go home. I just I don't really understand that. At that point, why not just have everybody go home if they're not the top two? Because I know it's about player development and it's about getting guys looks that that are fighting for roster spots and are, are fighting to make it maybe even get a G league uh, G league spot. I mean, I know that there are guys that are fighting for their basketball lives here, but I feel like there's a better way to showcase the product as a whole to the fans who are paying money to come watch and watching on TV because that whole last two days of the, of, of the tournament, sorry, not, not the tournament. We can't call it that of the summer league slate of games, which is kind of a joke to me. I just, it wasn't like last year where the Kings had the championship game, and I believe it was in the evening. So the mm-hmm. whole day, there was that kind of buildup. And there was those storylines of, well, is Peyton Pritchard going to play? Because he was the kind of in the running for Summer League MVP at that point, and then he was he was out. But there was a lot of buildup. And for this one, there just wasn't any at all. So um, not to get sidetracked off of the Keegan talk, I'm, I'm just saying I was not a fan of the way things were were laid out as far as the the postseason summer league play. And I don't know if you felt the same way or not. No, absolutely. And I've always been since literally since I can remember, I've been a huge summer league supporter. I've watched summer league. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's so great. It's just like, as a basketball fan, it's right. As you're like, damn, the season's over. It just, it rejuvenates you with just so much more basketball just for a little bit. And uh, I've always been a big watcher of it. And this year was definitely, um, it just felt more individualized in terms of the games. Like usually it does feel like a whole collection of maybe it's because we were there and I didn't get to, you know, just sit in front of a TV and watch the games plow through, but um, it just didn't feel like a, a cohesive event. I think 
a lot of people were confused on the format, I think, including uh, some people that that tried to inform uh, me and Brendan, at least on on uh, how the summer league was was going to be played out. Um, it was just it was interesting. It was very it seemed like it wasn't put together well. And it was it's also very interesting to me. And I know it's been talked about, but the rings um it just it's it was just weird it was like why why are you guys it it i don't know it it was very strange to see that they put a lot of attention seemingly into the championship game but not into how do we get to the championship yeah and that was the whole point like we i wanted there to be like a big game feel like there was with i know it's summer league and to those that are listening saying who gives a damn? It's summer league. The, the the numbers don't matter. The wins don't matter. That'll be that, me in about 20 minutes. Oh, and that's fine. But my point is, then why the hell are we watching if there's no incentive to... Like, why are you even watching? Or why even giving it the energy to care if you don't care about, number one, the results on the floor, or number two, the results in the, the standings for summer league? Because you have to care about one or the other. You have to care about what you're seeing on the floor or the end result. And if you don't care about either, then why the hell do you watch yeah. or even acknowledge it so if you're watching those games you you obviously care and if you care you should want there to be number one a, a clear postseason format or a uh, an end result format like there was the past couple of years because that was so much fun last summer watching Davion and, and those in in Kata and those guys go on that run to the uh the championship that was sadly hate to say it the most fun I've had watching Kings basketball in years and it was in the summer. You know what I'm curious about? Because you just saying that made me think like I I I am one of the people I don't give a single crap about summer league results. I don't care if the Kings go 0 and 5. I don't care if they lose by 20 every game. I do care, like you said, you have to care about one or the other. I care about the uh about the play. I care about how people look. It's for me, it's a big like Oh, that 20, you know, Tari Eason. Oh, wow. Like he probably should have gone a little higher. Like it, I can see it not just because of uh, his stats, but when you, the eye test, seeing how he looks, how comfortable he looks, uh, Paolo Bancaro, seeing how much bigger of a body he has than everybody else. Those are the things that matter to me. But what I do wonder uh, after you saying all that is, would it almost be better slash more entertaining if they did like, just play whatever four, three, four summer league games. And then instead of having a championship game that we kind of seemingly acknowledge that doesn't matter, uh, why not do like an all summer league squad or something like, uh, uh, like do the first team against the second team or Ooh. something, you know, where it's more of like an all-star game. Um, and that gives the people who have, sh- who have shined a chance to shine even more in an all-star game type format, or maybe, who knows? Maybe the game will actually be played pretty intensely. Um, but Can I just I think that's I probably that. yeah. I just think that's a better use of of our time than crowning a a useless championship. Did you think about that? On I did. Literally, you said I was like, I don't care about results. Championships don't matter. Why because not, why don't we just make it? Can you yeah. imagine an all summer league roster that would have yeah. you know like Benedict Matherin? Keegan Murray, mm-hmm. um, Cam Thomas, all these guys that, that play great. I mean, even if if, yeah. if Paolo or Chet would have maybe played one or two more games just to make it so that they, they could make that team, mm-hmm. that'd be incredible. All the and top think draft about, picks. Yeah, like think about like a team 2K. who's really trying to like pub their guy. Let's say OKC is, or no, even better, Houston. Houston's like Jabari's played terrible. 
let's try and get him. Let's let's have one game where we just feed him so that, that way he has a 30-point game and he's got to get into that show out or showcase game or whatever. I mean, yeah. Because to me, I mean, yeah, it's just I, I think the NBA with them not having a tournament but then still having a championship, it's clear that they want something to be and especially the rings it's like you clearly want some significance to come out of this but by not having the the tournament or the playoffs you kind of make it so it's not really about the competition it's more just about getting somebody a result i don't know which is weird and that's i i think the tournament was the most was the best part about summer league absolutely yeah the past couple years watching like there were good games I mean, it, it was like summer madness for a little bit there. And there was, you know, six, five, six games going on and one on the first day before teams get eliminated. That was fun. And because that wasn't there outside of that first game again, well, the, the, the two games, the, the games against Orlando and, and OKC definitely had some, some buzz to them because Paolo and be, because of Chet and those games were fun. And obviously the Orlando game was very, very fun. And the, the OKC game was kind of close at the end there. Uh, but be- besides those, the other games just didn't have any feel to them of, of, of anything. Cause they're not playing for anything. And I know the argument in summer league is they're not playing for anything. Anyways, I get it. I know results don't matter, uh, in the win column. It's just summer league. It's about on the floor product. I completely agree. But at that point, why even keep score? So if they're doing it this way, why even keep score? Because we're really towing that line of they're, they're playing that last game. They didn't even need to keep score against Houston. They really didn't. And I know that naturally athletes want to win, but if that's the case and the fans also want that too, then maybe go back to the, the old tournament format is because it didn't have the same feeling this summer. Again, bias take. I know we watch the Kings and cover the Kings and we want them to be in the right in that, that, uh, that race for those, those coveted rings those summer league rings. But uh, unless you're a fan of, of Portland or New York, I don't think you really care much about, I don't, I don't think in either fan base really cared. I think, uh, you know, New York is is a loud, boisterous fan base. I didn't hear, I didn't see, or I should say I didn't see, I didn't see any Knicks fans on Twitter being like, oh, like, we might actually win, you know, even joking. Like, if Kings were, in, or when the Kings are in the uh, the Summer League Championship, there's a ton of buzz. I mean, granted, we are in a little bit more unique of a situation than most franchises with with our lack of success. But, uh, you know, the Knicks by no means are are the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and I would have thought to to see a bunch of memes of of, you know, the <laughs> the the sidewalk. What is the side the, side talk? The side, side talk, talk stuff. Uh, uh, I would have thought to see a ton of that. And, the Knicks uh, are in the building. Yeah, really, really saw, really saw no, no hype around the game at all from from really no. anybody. I don't think I even knew officially it was happening that the championship game was happening until it was already happening. I, I woke up that morning and looked at the schedule and was thinking, cool, like we we had had plans the night before, so I was like, maybe we'll I'll hang out for a bit today and I'll, I'll kind of rest and and watch the game tonight. And then I think it was like 1030 and I'll, I looked at the schedule. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. They tip off in like an hour. That's yeah. why, like why? Anyways, uh, I digress. We don't have to yeah, keep we beating a dead horse, but yep. um, summer league as a whole was a great experience. Like, you know, the games and the, the format aside, 
we had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want to go back again, like maybe each year, probably for two, three days. Vegas is Vegas is a tough five night town. I I I know we didn't, you know, indulge fully in the Vegas uh, activities as much as we have in previous trips that when you and I have gone on for not work purposes. But um, it's exhausting as being in that climate and it's busy and it's it's Vegas. It's just, it's a tough town to be in for five nights. So I think it's like a three night stop. If you're going as a fan, would you say two, three nights is probably a good, I'd say three is probably uh, the perfect amount. Four is nice so that you can get a rest day in wherever you please. But uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the tough thing about Vegas and we actually, I actually can't remember if we, what we officially did or not. I think we stayed in the first night, but usually that's the thing that ends up, screwing you is you don't think about oh yeah like we're gonna land and then go out mm-hmm. and so that kind of adds an extra day to your trip especially if you land you know in, in the p.m but um actually no we didn't we didn't go out we went grocery shopping that first we, day we, we were at winco at 1 a.m that's true so that we technically so we technically were out so we, we were, were out and about we definitely saw some things for sure we, we, we had a vegas experience um yeah i i would say three three days is probably the right amount but um and it's tough with summer league too because i mean we we were kind of blessed with the fact that we missed a majority of the heat Mm -hmm. uh by being indoors in the arena for for most of the day but it's it's honestly (laughs) this is gonna this is gonna be some some first world problems here but it's really hard to watch basketball all day and then have the energy to be like all right, like let's have a full night now. No, especially the games, uh, the days the Kings played. I mean, we we, it's it's just a drain. It's a it's a draining experience if you stay the entire day for anything. If like mm-hmm. I bet March, I bet March Madness is the same way. If you go to March Madness and you're at yeah. a game for uh, the, like the games at Golden One, I, I didn't get to go a couple years ago. I think they're coming next year though, so I'm gonna try to go this upcoming March. I believe they're coming. Correct in 2023 or 2020? I yeah, I really don't know. I think they're coming in 2023, the, um, the men's tournament. Um, so I, I'm I'm gonna try to go to that, but I feel like going to games from 9, 10 a.m. till 7, 8 p.m. being anywhere like that is gonna make you tired. So um, just if you do go, be methodical. Definitely spend a lot of time indoors. And I can't imagine how the, the poor souls that were hung over or had been really going hard in Vegas felt going. Uh, to games all day after a night out till 1 2 a.m so <clears throat> kudos to you guys who if you did make it out there and you you are living living large at that looking at you sean cunningham <laughs> <laughs> not calling people out but i know sean's a big party guy I, it's on my bucket list to party with sean cunningham one night he's 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 just a vegas veteran like i think that's what it is yeah and i'm i've been there twice before and this time i just was like an old man like i I didn't want to do anything i was like i'm i'm tired um anyways kind of to wrap up vegas talk i I know i know we kind of talked about keegan um do you think this do you think that back to things that matter do you think that his performance matters do you think that he i was taken I was taken back by how comfortable he looked and how easy it looked for him because we've seen Kings rookies come in top Kings rookies, just not have a good summer league. I think uh, Natalia Gavins was, was fine, but I mean, Ben McLemore had a, a very bad summer league. Don't even need to talk about Nick Stauskas. We get that. Um, 
I don't think I, Thomas I, Robinson had a good one. Thomas Robinson did not have a good summer league. Um, don't remember well, Willie being anything special. It was it was it was basically as Willie. I think he had like seven and five a game and shot like fifty percent, whatever. But we haven't seen a Kings player, even Davion. His his numbers were fine, but it didn't. It wasn't like this. Davion had a very good summer league last year, and a lot of the things didn't show up on the stat sheet. Keegan Murray's did both. They showed up on the stat sheet. I mean, he he finished his summer league averaging twenty three points per game seven rebounds, almost a steal and a half, and like you said, 50, 40, 80 shooting splits. Uh, we have not seen that from a Kings player before. I mean, maybe ever in summer league. So I just am wondering, do you look at it as, yeah, he might not be that in the NBA, but he's going to be a good player, and he's going to bring the Kings what they need, which is a guy who can spot up and shoot. He can uh, rebound. He has length. He can play defense, and he'll help this team from day one. Or do you think – do you feel pessimistic or a little skeptical because it's against the, the guys he was doing it against were the same or worse, maybe even than the guys he faced in college? Yeah, I'm going to try to not like disparage him too much off the competition because he played who was in front of him. And there was other, you know, Jabari Smith did not play well. It's not like he had to play well just because he's uh, an NBA player. I think. There's definitely a a piece of that for sure. Um, But to me, the thing that I'm taking most out of this Keegan Keegan Murray Summer League is the fact that, yeah, I see um, how easily he's going to fit into the role that he's going to be asked to play here. At the very least, he's going to come in and be the third option, I think. Um, It seems like he is an excellent catch and shoot uh, guy. He's a dude who can catch it um, off the run and, and pretty easily. Uh, reset his body, get squared up and pull. He was running off screens and and catching and shooting and and again was incredibly efficient at it the entire time he was he was in Vegas. Um, and to me, that's something that's directly transferable to in season play. I can imagine De'Aaron Fox driving the lane, kicking it to a wide open Keegan Murray and him drilling it. Same with Sabonis. I can imagine him drawing a double team, kicking it out to Keegan, him drilling it. Um, there was also some things that I suspected Keegan not be great at or still need to develop at, and he showed it. I think in transition, he still shows that um, he really doesn't have any sort of moves to finish at the rim. If, if it's a one-on-one fast break, his move is going to be, I'm going to lean my shoulder into him and hope that I can get him flying or get him off balance and then just try and uh, finish above him. He doesn't have a Euro step. He doesn't really have much flexibility in his upper body to, to get contorted finishes and stuff like that. So that's something I want to see him get better at. But um, I think all in all, I mean, you can't really be negative at all about his, his play. He definitely showed that he can get buckets um, for sure. Absolutely. What you said, I don't know necessarily if he's going to put up 23 points uh maybe ever in the NBA. He he definitely might, but um, I just think it's what it showed to me is just how, how I could see him easily slotting into this Kings roster. And uh, I think it's honestly, I can't think of a, the last time this was the case. He's in a perfect developmental situation where, uh, you know, Jaden Ivey, Paolo Bancaro, even Chet Holmgren are going to come in and probably be asked to be the team's number one option. Keegan is coming in and at, best he's going to be the number three option there is no way there's a zero percent chance 
that unless, you know, injuries barring, Keegan Murray will be asked to do more than Fox or Sabonis. That's just not going to happen. And so he can, he, he, all he has to do is reach that minimum threshold. And that's a great place to start. It's really hard to be your team's primary focus and to be the other team's primary focus as well. Keegan was the other team's primary focus pretty much every game in this summer league, which is also very big, impressive, very much impressive to me on how he was being so consistent with his scoring, even though, um, like I said, people were trying to lock in on him. Nobody wanted him to score 24 points a game, and he still was able to do it. So as the team's third option, I think uh, I think he's just gonna he's just gonna thrive in that role, honestly. And uh, I'm I'm a lot more optimistic now than I was on draft day for sure. Um, I think the key for Keegan moving forward, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, is just gonna be uh, can he can he elevate past the third option? Can he maybe eventually be a second option? Can he get his ball handling down and maybe maybe initiate some offense and, and maybe be like a 1A, 1B kind of situation. I think that's the thing to look forward to. But um, I'm just happy that I now am solidified knowing yeah, he is that, a solid option. And that would be like the best case, right? I mean, if he does come out and he is someone that can be a, like you said, a, like a 1B or even like a 2 option, if he can come out and be even more impactful of a score than DeMontis Sabonis, that's probably like a, a start. I mean, Sabonis, the way he's impactful is more than scoring, but I mean more as like an impactful scorer. That would be insane. That means he's, he's flirting with 20 points per game. I'm not expecting that. That is the best, best, best case scenario. Uh, but like you said, he doesn't need to do that. I mean, he he gets to come in and just kind of fit in with this team and mm-hmm. bring what he brings to the table, which is knocking down threes and knocking down free throws. He's an uh, 80% shooter from the line, it looks like, and I hope that can carry over. And and rebound and play, and maybe above all, play defense. The Kings, I think, one of the biggest things they looked at and liked with Keegan Murray is the fact that he was such an impactful defender at the college level. And while we didn't see him play to that extent in Vegas, he did play probably well enough to say he's already a top three, four defender on the team. Maybe even top two, uh, top two, three. I mean, the Kings do not have many defenders that you look at and say wow, he's a lockdown defender. I mean, they, just, they really don't. So um, with that being said, I am in the same camp as you. I, I'm i am not shy to say I wanted Jaden Ivey. Like, I really wanted the Kings to take Jaden Ivey, and I still think he would have been a good pick. I still think he would have been a very good pick for this team. But Keegan Murray appears to be just as good as a pick or maybe even a better pick. I mean, the, the Kings needed a forward, and – my biggest gripe on draft night was I don't want the Kings to draft for, 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 for need or for, or I'm sorry, for fit. Like I don't want them to draft or just around the fact they need a forward draft a forward and off the eye test. When you see someone come out of Iowa and there was all this talk about how Keegan wasn't going to live up to the, the hype because of the fact that the competition there in, in that conference isn't to the level of, um, you know, ACC or, or even SEC sometimes. I mean, it, it's it's just different. So that was the biggest concern around him, and he literally just came into summer league and said, I don't give a damn, and won MVP. So that has me feeling very good about where the Kings are with this pick, where this roster is, adding in a forward who can play small forward, power forward, a guy who, like I've said before, fits in with, with the current age group, with De'Aaron Fox, with Sabonis, with Davion Mitchell, Malik Monk, 
Kevin Herter. The Kings have that nice core again of guys in their in their early to mid twenties, and that's exciting. And I was telling our boss this morning about that too. How this was the best case scenario. The Kings got the best case scenario. Did your power just go out? No, my lights did though. I was like, "What? Does, what the hell is going on?" And they just turned back on. We have the internet going out, the power going out. Um, but anyways, yeah, it was the best case scenario. This was the this has been the best case scenario for a Kings off season that we probably could have expected to kind of shift towards the roster. I mean, when you go when you go from they got a number four pick who won MVP in summer league, there is check. They need shooting. They acquire shooting. They get Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, check. They have still held on to Harrison Barnes, which is it could be a good thing. Could be a bad thing. It means they have not swung a big trade. That's kind of the last box that needs to be checked. They have not done that big, like, oh my God, move. The Kevin Herter trade was cool. That was I like Kevin Herter a lot. They just didn't pull off that that big John Collins move or um become a third team and a potential Kevin Durant deal. That might not even happen. They Kevin Durant probably won't get moved in my honest opinion. I just feel like that's not going to happen. Um, but that's the last move that hasn't really happened. Like that big deal. That's like a true shakeup, like a, like a, a Harrison Barnes, Alex Len, Terrence Davis trade for, I don't know, not Julius Randall, but a kind of star, not a star. Julius Randall is kind of tough. He had one good season. Uh, there's someone big and, and impactful, a name, so I'm asking you, how would you look at this offseason so far? Would you say it's a successful offseason? Would you say that it's still incomplete? Because they're already putting out odds for next season, the the win totals, and we can kind of get into those in a minute before I read off uh, some win predictions from from uh, from Las Vegas. But uh, just your kind of your kind of general feeling. Do you, do you feel like this has been a successful offseason for the Sacramento Kings as of July 20th, 2022? I think the last thing you said there was was the main point. For the Sacramento Kings, yes, I think this was a very good offseason. Um, the funny thing is I think this is a pretty regular, normal offseason for most NBA franchises. I don't think the Kings really did anything that's really blown me away. Uh, again, I, was, I wasn't super high on the Keegan Murray pick. Obviously, he's been what he's been. Um, so, you know, I feel a lot better about that now, but by no means do I still feel like, you know, they drafted a potential, you know, franchise guy here. Um, not saying he won't be with the franchise for a long time or he won't be productive for the franchise, but I just don't feel like they drafted a face of the franchise. Um, like they maybe could have done with the Jaden Ivy or, or, you know, taking a risk with somebody further back in the draft we won't get into that, but um, I think the Kevin Herter trade is a good trade. There's no, you know, they gave up Mo Harkless who wasn't going to play this year or play significant role this year. Justin holiday, who they really needed to get rid of um, because he just didn't really have a place here. Got rid of a protected first round pick, which I honestly do think people are a little undervaluing how annoying that's going to be moving forward. We kind Mm -hmm. of are, are locked, uh, off trading our pick for a while and Kevin Herter is a very very solid player for sure he's going to be a starter here and and probably have a really solid role while he's here but uh is it worth kind of potentially hampering your future um because you you can't get rid of that first round pick asset 
that's that's definitely a risk. Um, but it's the risk that you have to make if you're a team like the Kings, and that's the only way you're going to get a player like Kevin Herter. Malik Monk is a good signing. It's good that you were able to pull him from a rival, and he chose to come to Sacramento. He's still a young guy uh, who is on the up, not just like a guy who struggled and, and you know kind of. You know, it's not like Malik Monk is Marvin Bagley, where it's like, oh, this guy really had some tough times. Maybe a new situation will will launch his career. Malik Monk kind of started off like Marvin, where he was, you know, not doing what was expected with his draft position. And then he kind of slowly started to get a bigger role and started to actually produce with it. And then obviously last year had an incredibly big season for the Lakers. Yeah, back-to-back career seasons, really. I mean, he's, yeah. he's his stock is on the up. He's up, up. 100% on the up. And he's a 24-year-old guy. Um, it's just not somebody that the Kings would normally sign. But at the same time, they did not, you know, that's not them signing Jimmy Butler or something. You know, that's, that's Malik Monk is a very fringe starter sixth man kind of guy um which is a good signing a very good signing not trying to discredit that but again kind of like you said they just haven't made that really big move so um for the sacramento kings excellent offseason for any nba team yeah they probably had like they're probably in the upper third maybe maybe on the outside of top off seasons for NBA teams, mm-hmm. you know, they're by no means had a top five off season, but um, yeah, they're probably, you know, they're, 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 they're playing, they're playing basketball now with the big I mean, dogs. Where were we, where were we a year ago right now? The Kings, they, they drafted Davion who again, he was Very an MVP, yeah. MVP in summer league. We were, I think we were all kind of pretty, I think people all wanted Moses Moody. That was the biggest issue was we did not draft Moses Moody. Moody Mo. And Moody Mo, Moody Mood. Shout out, Kendrick, shout out Kendrick Perkins. Uh, but then kind of similarly, like it, Davion wins MVP of Summer League. The Kings win the championship. Uh, everyone feels different. Keegan Murray wins MVP. Probably the best Summer League performance we've ever seen from a Sacramento King. Mm-hmm. And now people feel a little different, optimistic. Last year, I don't think many roster moves happened. I know that Monty traded Tristan Tom- for Tristan Thompson, which yeah. is probably the dumbest thing he's done over the past yeah. two years. Uh, very, very dumb. Uh, but this summer, like you said, they bring in two. In my opinion, I think we can categorize Kevin Herter as a, a above average. Like he's, I'd say he's a good bat. He's a good player. And Malik oh, Monk, sure. I think yeah. also, who was kind of in the average range, also jumped in that category of good basketball player. Like there are good players that I think any team would like to have on their roster. So that's our, our, like already putting them a leg up on last year. Um, and especially look at the fact that Kings really needed shooting. They had no shooters after they traded away, buddy traded away uh, Tyrese De'Aaron, His shot was working, but then he got hurt. Uh, Sabonis is not really known for, for a three point to be a three point shooter. He's working with lethal shooter, the NBA shot doctor. We'll see if that carries over, but now you add Keegan Murray, who is a, we saw in summer league, a very good shooter. Kevin Herter is a good shooter. Malik Monk was one of the better bench shooting guards in the NBA last year. So Kings have added those shooting, those shooting threats. But uh, Las Vegas does not appear sold by these moves. They originally had, I'm sorry, last year the Kings won 30 games. They won 30 games. Vegas has the Kings for 2022-2023. The over-under is 32 and a half wins 
So that has them maybe two or three wins better than last year. I just, I feel like that's a little tough. I mean, think about it. They won 30 games. De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis play, I think, 15 games together. They get Fox and Sabonis pending health for an entire season. They have Keegan Murray in the fold, who could be in the running for rookie of the year. They have Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, Harrison Barnes, kind of in that rotation. Davion Mitchell, seems like he's he's taking strides. So do you think right now, if you were picking with this roster, are you going over 32 and a half? Yeah, I'm absolutely going over. But um, I think... Maybe not much. No, I, I would go over. I would say pretty comfortably, I would guess them 37, 38 at the least. I like that. Um, I think... And this probably isn't 100% factual, but if I had to assume why that number is so low, A, it's the same conversation we had last year. I'm pretty sure the Kings are still the worst team in their division. So they're at worst... You know that that's that's a that's quite a bit of losses that you're just stacking up right there. Um, and two, it's probably accounting for. And I'm going to knock on wood here, but if there is an injury to Fox or Sabonis, the roster kind of falls apart at that point. I'm also like looking at the standings, and I think and I you can say that to... about a lot of teams, also. But oh, for sure, for sure. I think more like, so the Kings. Who are the Kings better than in the West right now? That I can say confidently, um, Houston. Ten, Houston one. doesn't have a point guard. Um, I think if they had like a decent point guard, they might be able to link some of their young guys, but I think they're just too young at this point. So you're saying um, they need John Wall? Honestly, they would probably be a whole lot better if they had he John Wall. They also traded off Christian Wood. They're they're kind of their their intentions are clear. They, OKC doesn't want to win, but if they really wanted to win, I think that there's there's a case to be made. They're sneaky. I think they'll be sneaky. Like, they'll be kind of in the same neighborhood. It depends how much they play. Shea. If Shea, if Shea Gilgis Alexander plays the entire season, they're 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 going to win ball games. They're they gonna might be. be yeah, I don't. You know, so they have Shea, they have Shea, Lou Dort, uh, Giddy. They got Josh Giddy. They have how, obviously it Chet. How good Chet's going to be? I mean, I, I'm very high on Chet. I think he's going to make a big impact. Kendrick, Kendrick Williams. I'm I'm a Kendrick Williams fan. Um, I I think that they have really solid guys. They don't really Oku. have any veterans, which is going to be tough. But um, and obviously, I think it's very clear that they want Victor Wembanyama. So. It'll be interesting to see how much, uh, how how far they lean into the tank there. Where's um, where's Utah? Like Utah is not going to be. I think Utah is going to. They, they, I don't know what their plan is still. Like they, they might move Donovan Mitchell at any any time now. But they did get rid of number one was Royce O'Neal, who mm-hmm. is like a defender, and, and and I would have loved to have Royce O'Neal. Like I was hoping the Kings could trade for him if they're selling him. Uh, and then obviously Gobert's gone. So they are not going to be a top. They finished fifth last year. Yeah. That's not happening again. They, they'll they they'll be like in the – right now they're like a play-in team to me. I think they're like a nine – I think they're lower group. than that. I'm really not that high on Donovan Mitchell, especially as a solo star. Like I think Rudy Gobert – I think Rudy Gobert is one of the most criminally underrated players in this league. Um, the fact that Utah is consistently over 500 is point-blank period because Rudy Gobert is on their team and able – to give them a defensive presence where they honestly just don't have that's Royce O'Neal and 
Rudy Gobert were their defense, and now they are both gone. Um, I would expect them to be a 30-win team. I'm trying to see where Utah is on this list. I don't even think they're on here. Uh, the Spurs, I mean, the Kings are definitely better than the Spurs with the Spurs shipping off DeJounte. Um, and that's really all I'm confident in saying at the moment. I mean, Utah, I would add to that list of of being confident that the Kings are going to be better than. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my my definite list would be Houston, San Antonio, Utah. And then it kind of stops like, I don't I'm, know. I mean, I'm the- not sold that the Kings are going to be better than the Blazers just because they don't have anyone better than Damian Lillard. And we'll see. I'm not a huge fan of this Blazers roster, but or really Chauncey Billups as a coach, but no, um, but they've we'll, retooled though. They've retooled nicely to an extent. Yeah. Jeremy Grant. I'm wasn't the biggest Jeremy Grant guy. I'm not the biggest Nurk guy. Josh um, Hart. I, though. I just don't, Josh Hart's lo- in the I don't know. I don't think they have a, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I don't think they're, they have a winning roster. We'll see if we'll Shaden Sharp, if Shaden Sharp can be yeah. impactful. I mean, Anthony Simons has, has been kind of like a, he's like the next CJ. Like he mm-hmm. kind of is very similar to being that kind of CJ, that kind of impact. So, I, I agree. I mean, New, I, I think New Orleans is a team, again, they're... New Orleans, they're, no. They're going to be a top six seed for I sure. Feel, I feel like they're going to be good, but again, they're an Ingram slash Zion injury away from being where they've been the past well, They were years. a Zion injury all last year, and they still were an eight seed, and I think they got yeah. better. I mean, they they were insane once CJ got there. That's and a very they, good point. You know, they, they were, you know, I think they really figured something out, and they're a super, super young team. I really like Willie Green, too. Yeah, Dyson um, Daniels now. Dyson Daniels they drafted. Um, I, I think New Orleans is kind of clearly better than us. No, opinion. no, I I think so too. I think I, yeah, I feel like I still have like that old mentality of well, it's New Orleans. Where Clippers, Clippers are oh, wow. shoulders better than us. Oh, um, Clippers, they're going to be Clip- better this year. I made the prediction already. I think I think the Clippers are going to win. I think the Clippers are winning the championship. Oh, they have yeah. a se- they have, they have the second. Awesome. I think Jason second highest them too, right? Second highest uh, over under with uh, tie with Phoenix fifty two and a half. Number one on this list is the Boston Celtics. How do you think? I mean, you think Boston's going to win close to sixty games next year? Um, not necessarily, but I, I think mean, they probably are the are the best built team in the in the East. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I'm just I think I think uh, having Jalen and and Tatum at at the wing position is just. Uh, Something that probably ninety percent of teams just can't can't deal with. Yeah, that kind of size and skill. Um, I mean, the Clippers are really the only team. I mean, I guess the Warriors, as we just saw, but the Clippers to me are the team that are they're they're just a better version of Boston at the moment. Um, yeah, but I I just don't see where the Kings can really slide in here, and I think that that point has been made several times, but. Uh, the Clipper. Let's just let's just run down the list here. So the Suns aren't going to be the one seed probably next year, but they'll they'll be up there. They're not going to fall off a cliff. Um, so we'll put the Suns in there. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies, you have to assume again, injuries permitting. Top uh, four, top four seed maybe. Yeah. Golden Warriors, State's not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. Dallas, they're probably not going anywhere. They lost Jalen Brunson. That could be concerning. Uh, but Wood. they just got Christian Wood. It'll be a whole lot of Luca. I've never been a fan of their roster, but Luca seems to rise again, above though, all tides. One Luca bad step, and they're done. 
one bad step from Luke, and, and they, they are not going to keep winning. I mean, I know they won games without him this year. I think he went down for a minute. But, again, that's a lot of credit to Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson picked up the slack for him, um, and I just don't know if they can do that again. I don't know if Christian Wood's going to be able to take over an entire team. Very doubtful. But I think, um, you know, I, I, I you can't play that game at the moment just because you could say that with any roster. Um, we got Utah, I think, is out. But I think out. you take Utah out. You put in the Clippers. Clippers, uh, Clippers for sure. We talked the about Nuggets, them. One hundred percent are going to be, be next season. They're going to be way better. They're going to get Jamal Michael Murray Jr. back. Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. Who else did they get? Didn't they get somebody else? Um, uh, oh, they traded for uh, KCP, right? KCP, and they extended him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I would be. I'd be. Still pretty... have Aaron Gordon as well, who I'm not big on, but maybe they can flip him for something. Okay, maybe Kings Kings finally get him, come back home. Would not be a fan. I'm kidding. Uh, Minnesota obviously got better. Uh, we can talk about their playoff potential maybe later sometime, but with the addition of Rudy Gobert, they have at least raised their floor. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to be a top five seed. And we just talked about New Orleans. New Orleans is, is kind of, I guess you can say, on the fence. You can go either way, but um, they, they made it last year. I don't necessarily think they got worse. So, do you know what team you we have not said one time on this podcast? The Los Angeles Lakers, who They're... are also in this list, though. I'm, I I know you were you were very very prophetic in your in your saying the Lakers were not going to be good this season, but uh, there's to me there's no way they could be worse. Chris, I gotta say though, I don't think they're going to be good again. I, they might not win 33 games, but I do not see them being a top 10 team. I just, I don't. I mean, what have they done to upgrade the roster so far? Nothing, but I think have, have they, have they think made one move? Worked. Have they made um, one move yet? No, they uh, on basketball they've lost people. They have updated. They lost Monk, right? They lost and... Monk. Um, they, I, I cannot name a single. They've made okay. very fringe moves. They signed a lot you. of uh, minimum deals. I know. I have, I have the roster right here. Do you want to know what the moves they made this offseason so far? Yeah. They 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 uh, guaranteed Stanley Johnson's contract. Yeesh. That was the first move. They be like if the Kings re-signed Josh Jackson. They they gave uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. two way deal. Not gonna play. They signed Juan Toscano Anderson. Didn't play on the Warriors. And they they took away uh, our our buddy Damian Jones. One good move they did make, which I do. I am I am a Thomas Bryant guy. They also they drafted Max Christie. I like Max Christie. But they also they they signed Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant has not been the same since he I think he tore his ACL two years ago. Uh, but he was good for a minute for Washington. I actually liked him a lot. He's a guy that was like a rim protector, uh, like a sixty percent shooter. I think he'll probably be. I mean, I don't think he'll start. But I mean, now they have Damian Jones and and Thomas Bryant. That's that's good retooling at the center position. But I I, I just don't. Again, unless Westbrook. Davis and LeBron are all healthy and play seven. Oh, oh! I thought we lost Frankie first. Oh, I'm back. Sorry, he's back. Was I mid? Was I mid rant? Yes. Where'd it go? He said go? Uh, Westbrook, LeBron, AD healthy. Oh, if they don't play seventy games, I just don't see them winning forty games. Like they're over under to me. I think on uh, Vegas, they're over under. It's not even on here. Not all the teams are on here yet. I don't know why mm-hmm. they're not on here, but because they're probably waiting to see if they're going to do a Kyrie trade or not. Yeah, that changes things for sure. I that's, just don't think that's it, I don't thing. don't think it's going to happen. 
I think that there's a possibility for sure that Kyrie Irving gets dealt. I think that there's a lot of smoke, and where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think uh, LeBron has pretty much made it clear. And the Westbrook firing his agent thing is very suspicious to me. Uh, let me as I do my Brian Windhorse fingers. Um, why would they do that? Why would they do that? Why would they do that? Let's think about um, it. Let's think about it. Uh, yeah, but I, I think that there's definitely potential for the Lakers to be maybe not, you know, a, a 10 team. There's there's potential, I think, if they make the right moves that they can, uh, by the right moves, I mean, get Kyrie Irving, that they could be a pretty solid top eight seed. Well, so that, this has all been to say the Kings have a very, very tough road ahead of them. And 32 is probably too low, but at the same time, same way we said about Dallas. Honestly, Memphis is in the same boat with John Morant. If De'Aaron Fox goes down for 20 games, if Demonis Sabonis misses games, mm-hmm. what is this team? They're done. No, they're done. You're right. Every, everything has to go right for the Kings. And I will say this, though, and maybe we're biased. I don't know where I'm biased. If De'Aaron Fox, Demonis Sabonis, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, Davion Mitchell, if they're available for 68, 70 games, the entire season, all of them. I think that they should be firmly in the plan race. They might not be in the plan, but they should be within striking distance because they were in striking distance all last season and they were absolute garbage. Dog water. They were literally hot dog water. So I don't know what you, what more can you expect from a team that's going to have, have all these guys healthy if they're playing. What you can't expect to me is being in the plan or in the race. And that's not too much to ask for. I don't think so. I think they're for sure in that 38, 39, over under range right now. Um, but again, it's all pending health. Cause last year, like we saw Darren got hurt. Uh, Sabonis got hurt. Didn't work out. So, so to wrap a bow on this, then what would be your number? What would be the number where it's like, like that's what, what is the right number? That's the right over under to me should be like 36 and a half. That's exactly where I would go. 36 and a half to me. That's where it's like, do I really want to bet that they're going to win 30 37 games? It's like, whew, that'd be like their second most they in should, 16 years. I think, but I don't know. That's and a so lot, though. Anything lower than that also, I would be like, am I really, do I really think that this team is not five games better or six, seven games? Well, see, again, now I'm starting to think, is, are they really seven games worse? Chris, they've won, they've won more than 30 uh 37 games two times over the past 16 years here's okay so since you have that in front of me or in front of you how many times have the kings won more than more than 30 so 31 how many times have they been between 31 wins and 36 wins so we'll put 31 to 36 that five 30, win range how many 31 times in the playoff drought have they been in that five win range uh with between 31 and 36? Okay, yeah. so it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. 7, but 3 of those, are they won 31 on the dot. So, Interesting. Yeah. And then last year, they won 30. So it's just interesting to me how they're always... They're always this. They just are always this. They're never terrible, except for that one year, and they messed it up. Or they didn't mess it up. The league well, messed it up. Well, the, the, what, in 2018-19 when they should have won? Yeah, when they should have gotten the Blake Griffin, yeah. When they, well, okay. And they got Tyreek instead, but. That too, that too. 
Um, trying to think. There's that's like really there. the only year that I can think where they were like, you know, you guys are are trying to be very bad and are very bad. Oh, and they went most out. of the time they're just incredibly not even mediocre, but they're just incredibly below average. It's, but not it's, terrible. It's tough. No, and, and it's sad because they still are right there. They're so close to to being in where they want to be. And like mm-hmm. we talked about before, they'll win 33 games, but they'll finish like, – what they finished in 20 uh, – during the bubble year, they won 31 games, and they were literally two games out of, the, out of the plan. They won 31 games, and they were two games out of the plan. They literally just need to be a little better mm-hmm. than than garbage. And this roster, to me, we I've said it before, and I I thought this when they brought in Ariza, they brought in Corey Joseph, they brought in Dwayne Dedman. This is this roster is the best thing we've seen on paper in 16 years. Well, I'm saying it again. This roster right now is the best one we've seen on paper in 16 years. So, uh, I think it's fair to say the expectations are high. Monty McNair's he's fighting for his job. I mean, he has not gotten an extension. I'm kind of surprised about that too, that they have not given him at least one more year to align with the Sabonis deal. Cause that kind of is his big, like that's his ACE in the hole. It's like this deal is supposed to be what, pro- what propels this team to the playoffs. And they're just saying, okay, well, if it doesn't work the first year, you're gone is essentially what I'm taking this as. So yeah, if the Kings don't make the playoffs, I think it's just going to be another circus again. But, but yeah, I digress. So, mm-hmm. um, trying to look at this if we have anything else. Um, general housekeeping. General housekeeping. I was looking at um, Moniki. Is it Chima Moniki? Moneki? I think it's Moniaki. Moniaki. Uh, and Casey Akpala, two players that are lengthy, six 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 seven forwards. They are on the team. They're in the fold. Uh, I believe Chima's contract is partially guaranteed. It's 250K, um, goes to 500 if he makes the roster for opening night. He's a UC Davis guy. Go Ags. And then we have Casey Paul. I played for Miami Heat last year. Uh, he's someone that can potentially be someone that is the backup small forward next year. Um, I think that I talked about this with Brendan on his podcast the other night. I hope the Kings would maybe look for a diff- another option. I think that he'd be a great guy to come in and be a uh, like by committee, like a they're playing Kawhi Leonard and maybe HB is getting worked. Okay, let's go throw a Paul at him because he's got he's six seven to seven two wingspan. So those are the kind of things and, and kind of players that uh, Monty McNair is rounding this roster out with because the Kings roster, as I look at it right now, the there is one open roster spot if uh, the Apollo move is announced has not been announced yet. Uh, the Chima move has been announced. So um, don't have to get too deep into this. These are guys that are going to be either for sure. Chima is going to be a fringe roster player, probably a guy that's going to play in Stockton. Um, do you have any thoughts on, on Chima or KZ, or do you just want to see what happens once we get the ball rolling in training camp? I don't have many thoughts on Chima, but KZ uh, really intrigues me. I think it's just, it's just a super interesting move, not something that the Kings have done in the past. I think it's really smart. Um, I did a little bit of research on on KZ, uh, just seeing like how Heat fans felt about him, check some Heat blogs, check Twitter to see how they were reacting. And a lot of Miami Heat fans really liked KZ Ogpala. Um, he had, I think, a preseason game last year where he scored 24 points. 
um, and got a lot of Heat fans on his uh, or got a lot of he was he was on a lot of Heat fans' radars after that game. Uh, he had a couple games during the regular season where he was able to show out. Um, I heard you and Brendan's podcast, I think, talking about him, and I think Brendan mentioned uh, that his shot wasn't very pretty, and I actually completely disagree. I think he has a really nice-looking jump shot. Ooh, um, beef with Brendan. I, I, oh! I, I, I will beef with that fool every day of the week. <laughs> Um, I just think, yeah, I think he, his shot looks promising. Um, it's just a matter of if he can hit it at a decent clip, which I think is more to Brendan's point, but, um, I think there's potential for him to, to be a, a fairly solid three, uh, a backup three option. Um, he's, fr- and the thing that I like most about him is that he's from this Miami heat, uh, culture and the Miami heat developmental program. Um, and it, to me, it seems like it's just somebody that the Heat couldn't fit in uh, on their roster because they have too many players. And so uh, I, I think it's always a good move. It's kind of like, um, Frank, give me a good example here because you're a baseball guy. It's like, uh, you know, st- stealing somebody from a minor league system just because they have too many catchers in their organization oh, uh, or something the, like, like the Like the Rule 5 draft, how sure, if they're, they're exactly. not, if they're not youth to protect people, which is kind of crazy. It's kind of like Insane. the... the the expansion draft where we lost Jared Wallace, same mm-hmm. thing. Yep, that exact kind of thing. So uh, it's a guy that Heat fans were they were developing KZ. They felt like um, he had good game, and um, he's another guy too. Who I, I, I in my research I found that he. Um, it seems like there's so many of these stories, Frank. I know you'll be very sympathetic to this. In high school, he was five eleven as a freshman, <laughs> and then just I think his sophomore or junior year grew to six eight. Like where, where's my growth spurt? Where why'd this skip us? How tall were you in high school? Like when you're a I've freshman, been the same entering high school, probably since like eighth grade, seventh eighth grade. Like I've always just been like five ten, five nine, five ten for five eleven. I, like I was I was five three as a freshman in high school, maybe five oh, one. So you did have a growth spurt then. Yeah, I, I that's I, very I, small. It was like one, like one growth spurt. <laughs> I went from five five three to five eight. That's a that's a hell of a growth spurt over four years. Hey, I'll tell you that. If you went from five eight to six, I'm bad at math. Six uh, two, six one. That'd be pretty yeah. great. Right? That'd be pretty great. Five um, more inches. I'm trying to think. Anything else on? I guess we can end it with. Um, there's a war on social media. There's like a ongoing war. I don't know how it started. I don't really. I can tell I don't, you how it started. How did it start? It started because Twitter is a disgusting, toxic place. Um, some random person, I assume it was random. It was a Detroit fan page was just like, it's funny to me. I'm going to change this so that it's more in Sacramento terms. But he pretty much was like, it's funny to me that everybody thinks that Detroit players live in Detroit. They live in Eldorado Hills, Roseville, Folsom. XYZ, except, you know, obviously put in, plug in Detroit places. Some random verified writer, I don't know, this is where I don't know exactly who he is, but I do know he was verified on Twitter, replied to the tweet and said, funny because if you ask any, every NBA writer across the country, they'll tell you downtown Sacramento is 
the worst spot in the league or something like that, something along those lines. Mm. And from there, it just, it spiraled into everybody it's having it, an it, opinion on it. I, I, I thought, I thought about like not getting involved, but making a comment. And he was going every like he was responding to everybody. I saw Matt went at him, yeah. Matt George went at him, um, uh, Cam Salerno, all these people that cover Sacramento sports, like we're kind of backing up the city. And it's just like I thought about just saying something too, but then I just kind of was like, "What's the point?" And I told you before we started recording, I love living here. I grew up around here, and I think we're all a little biased because of that. But I will not sit here and say like wholeheartedly that Sacramento is a top place to live in the United States. I don't think that it is. And I know for sure Detroit is not. So I think we both like you, how'd you put it? You put it pretty, you, you always have a way to. It's like, uh, it's that meme where the dude is celebrating being in third place and he's like popping bottles and stuff. And then it like pans out and he's in third. And then the people at first and second are just looking down at him. Yeah. That's like, that's like the San Diego and like, I mean, I, I don't LA, I Chicago, people, LA, New York. Chicago, New York, the cities that people like love to go to and visit and see. And then there's like Detroit and like Cleveland and Sacramento yeah. and Oklahoma city that are like in that bottom tier. And like, that's fine. I don't want people to all want to come here. Like, that's fine. I like it here. And that's yeah. enough. That's enough for me. Yep. And it should be enough for all of us. Like we know where we live and like, that should be enough, but people are really getting angry. And I was just thinking that, you know, some people are just not going to have their opinions change and that's fine. They don't have to like going to sauce outside the arena. They don't have to like going to, to flat stick by golden one. Like they can go and drink out of their mini bar in their hotel and, and not go out in downtown when they're coming to cover the, yeah. the Pistons. That's fine. But I love where I live. That's enough for me. Yep, I feel the exact same. Uh, my only input is that Detroit is for sure a uh, top five place that I would not want to argue with the people about their place sucking. Yeah. I feel like if you get into an argument about Detroit sucking with the wrong Detroitan, uh, <laughs> it might be your last argument. Uh, Kenny Carroll was going at somebody too, and so I can't remember what you said. Uh, this person was like... Where is it? I don't think he responded to her. Someone's like, "We pulling up, <laughs> like Detroit. We we pulling up." He's like, "We're gonna light your mentions up." And then some, I can't remember this. This woman was like, "Yeah, you better be careful," or something like yeah, that. Bro. Like, you better be careful. This and is it's the like, what? We're like people in SAC cannot. Y'all need to understand. Like, I'm not. I'm not a cultured man. I've not been around the world. But what I do know is that Detroit, <laughs> Detroit has produced some real. Uh, people who are really about that action and uh, uh <laughs> part of part of see i guess now i'm going to get into this beef by saying this but part of uh detroit's charm if you will is the ruggedness of it and that ruggedness builds a certain level of character that uh usually doesn't is not one to mess with i've seen eight mile that's a great example uh, just oh. everything about Detroit is just very. I mean, you know, the Lions, Bad boys. They, they're frustrated people, frustrated fans. The Ford Field is terrible. The Tigers stink. I mean, well, Tigers okay. stink. Oh. Pistons well, hold on stunk. a minute. Not to get all like I know, I, just, I don't care, but it's like, how come they're they don't really have room to talk? 
though. The Pistons have been horrific since like 2006. Like they had that run like 04, 03, 04, yeah. 05, 06. I think where they were pretty good. They have not been good. The, the Tigers haven't been good since like 2013, 14, uh, about eight yeah. years now. And the Giants freaking wiped them swept out of existence. Them. And then the Lions haven't been good like in my whole life. So 99. I don't really get how you can talk trash about the Kings. I know the Kings are like literally one of the most embarrassing franchises in sports right now, but you're not like you're if we're on the top of that that number that that like you know first place second place we're on that category like of embarrassing teams we're first Detroit's like in second slash third like they're yeah. they're right with us well so. I think in terms of like I mean clearly they have three major sports teams I think Detroit is in fact a bigger city than Sacramento which is That's the so. funny thing about it it's more just again like the ruggedness the amount of like this is not a uh, uh, you're not really living the California sunny sun go to the beach on Wednesday after work lifestyle. It's more of like, hey, I've been working at a factory all day and uh, I'm going to go home after it's real blue collar stuff. Sure, sure. I am also I, I, have, I respect that. I have not been very deep into this Twitter beef. I have not looked at replies and gone deep on threads and stuff. I just really hope that nobody is going below the belt here on on the uh, on the uh, trashing of Detroit because there's a very real serious problem with obviously like the Flint, Michigan drinking water yes. situation. Yes. Like we we don't need to. I just want to say we do not need to uh, bring it down to that level yeah. if we're going to be talking about quality of cities. Like like you said, let's keep they, it minorly playful. But those are people that also like are very proud and like passionate because of those reasons that they're trying to make the city a Some better proud place. Boys for sure, not proud boys, but proud. Well, that kind know. of if you're like willing to go to that kind of mentality of like, yeah, like well, at least Sacramento has drinkable water and like, oh no, the, oh killing. the ones, the ones that are saying that, yes, that's oh what yeah, 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 yeah. Those I thought people, you meant I'm saying people. if you're willing to say that about like a very real portion of a society, like yeah, you're probably. Yeah, not a good person if you're sitting there saying like well we have drinking water then yeah you're a piece of trash you yeah. are a scumbag um let's try and keep this above, uh, above let's the belt. let's let's just talk about like sports let's just Please. keep it with sports yeah um if you're going outside of that you're a scumbag yeah. uh population detroit six uh six hundred thousand a little wow. under seven hundred thousand sacramento has more sacramento does uh well metropolitan area probably oh, but it Met- says oh, okay. city limits five hundred thousand um but let me see about metropolitan area metropolitan so uh, metropolitan area sacramento is about 2.3 million yeah uh detroit population metro uh 4 million so detroit has a lot more people yeah so that's where i was i was like so maybe it's not necessarily a Sacramento isn't a big enough city because if I mean Detroit has actually four major sports teams because we're forgetting about the Red Wings, um, they can support four teams, and we can't support one. And the we're reason trying. has always been there's not enough fan support. But I actually think the problem is uh, there's not enough corporate money because mm-hmm. that's the re- I mean there's just there's not many multi hundred millionaires living in Sacramento or in the area. And I'm sure in Detroit with, you know, the history of, wow, now we're like getting into a completely different podcast, but like with the history of like, you know, the, the car manufacturers and all the, uh, all the plants that they have down there or uh, factories they have down there. I'm sure there's a lot of corporate money. Oh, for sure. I mean, I would, I little Caesars arena. Yes. Little Caesars headquarters are apparently there. uh, Obviously. I don't think we have anything 
in Sacramento. No, we don't. Do we? We, there's uh, no. There's a Sun Suite. By the way, Yuba City is a part of the metropolitan area of Sacramento. I feel like that's kind of stupid. Why is that a part of the metropolitan area? Yeah, Yuba. Uh, uh, so so is probably Truckee. pushing it. Oh, so Truckee, is, no. Truckee's like two hours from here. I how about know, like whatever. Modesto and like Stockton? I, I get. Maybe I don't understand how this stuff works. No, I don't. Civil get it. engineers is that? Would that be people who do that? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Your Maybe census. Ask your census. Ask um, your census. Um, for sure. I, I think that's uh, I think that's probably a good place to uh, wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Lamb breakdown next week. Jeremy Lamb breakdown is on its way. Um, I cannot wait for people to find out what the actual plan for that is because it's not going to be about Jeremy Lamb, but. I'm very excited for that to happen. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, everybody, please, please spam Frank's Twitter messages with uh, good luck on surgery. Need good vibes. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Thank you. That is, I think, it. Uh, I, yeah, because Frank's going on vacation, so he doesn't have any big pieces or anything we're working on. It's kind of officially, we didn't touch on this, but I think it's officially the end of basketball coverage for this season. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. technically, the new basketball season started July 1st, but with uh, Summer League coming to an end and Keegan Murray being named Summer League MVP, unless there's a trade happening, I don't think you will hear any more Kings news until uh, preseason and training camp in late September. It's dead period, but good time for player breakdowns. Yep. So that'll be what we're doing each week from now on. Yep, can't wait. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. For Frankie Hardicelli, I'm Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening so much. And uh, be sure to, uh, I don't know, subscribe or something. Stick around and uh, figure out when we record next. Bye-bye. Bye.